everybody have a great fourth? Yes? Woo, woo, woo. Anybody blow anything up? Your apartment. <laughs> Dave, Dave blew up a lot of stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of blown up going on last night. Um, so uh, I want to take a second before I get rolling here and say, uh, for those of you who were here last week, you'll, you can join me. But Doug, thank you for what you did last week. That was awesome. That was super fantastic. So thank you. Um, nobody would recognize you, uh, so I had to point it out. Um, <laughs> but uh, 4th of July, so today is the 5th of July, and um, I want to I wanna talk today about uh, something somewhat connected. Anybody know what this is from? I haven't heard a correct answer yet. Declaration of Independence, yes, that's right, thank you. Um, so... <laughs> Yes, deeply burned in our in our hearts. I see. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, and then and then repeated and and uh, made famous by Martin Luther King Jr. as well in a speech. Um, but yeah, this is the the preamble and it's the explanation. I'll do a little bit of history lesson along the way today. Um, I'm a little bit of a history guy, especially that that founding fathers kind of stage. I really like that. It's a it's a very cool era in uh, in our history, but. Um, it's a document that was sent to uh, King George III uh, by the United States of America, freshly uh, formed and minted by, uh, by all of the states coming together. And uh, we're sending him a message that said, look, you guys are, you're a bad, you're a bad leader. We don't want to follow you anymore. We are, we are declaring our independence. And it was signed on July 4th, exactly, 1776. Yeah. So... Um, So, yes, it's 239 years or something like that um, since it's been signed. But it was sent off, and this was the preamble. So this is the beginning. It's the explanation saying, look, we're going to declare our independence from you, but we think that if anybody does that, if anybody says uh, we are declaring our independence because you're doing something wrong, we should explain why. And this is the explanation of why. They said, we're we're leaving you and, and becoming independent because... We think that all men, and it's really all people, um, are created equally, um, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Uh, So they said because of that, uh, we think that governments are formed so that uh, this can happen in people's lives. And since you don't do that, you don't demonstrate that, here's all the things that we've done and here's all the bad stuff you've done back to us, we're leaving. We're out of here. So if, uh, if somebody can... Oh, where's Elliot? Is he here? Oh, Elliot, you're under the soundboard. That's sort of odd. Um, so <laughs> uh, I'm going to play a couple of videos here, a little clips. Um, and so uh, if you can ma- mind the, um, the, uh, the sound here, we'll play these. So a little bit about our, our happiness last six months, more than a thousand books have been published about it. Universities around the world are teaching on it. For 30 years, scientists have been studying it. Governments are appointing cabinet positions to oversee it. The United Nations named an official day after it. Google Analytics prove people are searching for it. In fact, it's one of humanity's oldest pursuits. Happiness. 
We are wealthier, more educated, and live longer than any previous generation. And as a nation, the U.S. is one of the wealthiest, most powerful, and technologically advanced. And in the most recent World Happiness Report, the United States ranked 17th. And during the Great Depression, when there was little to be happy about, we were actually 18% less depressed than we are now. Wow. How about that? Uh, I'm going to talk about a, a number of these things, but um, and we're going to play another clip in a minute about the, some of the depression stuff there. But, uh, you know, that was in 2015, we actually moved up in that poll uh, two spots. We're now number 15. So we are 15th. Uh, anybody, are you surprised about any of the happier countries? Anybody surprised? No. You're surprised that we're not lower? Is that the, <laughs> is that the sense? I, I'm surprised. We're below Mexico, right? Uh, any poverty in Mexico? Are there any wars in Israel? Any people dying from, uh, from bad situations in any of those places? Yeah. Yeah, some, right? Um, it, it's a little bit out of whack, right? It seems like, gosh, we've come so far. We've progressed so much. We, we have so much. Um, I saw another study that said that uh, compared to that post-Great Depression era when people actually had houses, our space is three times as much. And, and in the last 20 years, there's now a $22 billion industry called self-storage because uh, we don't have enough space <laughs> so we take we've got three times the space we don't have enough space for our stuff so we get storage as well uh, but our our happiness at least we moved up a little bit in these polls but you know our happiness is not really where we would think it would be uh, given all that we have to uh to fill our lives and make us happier um so one more little clip and this th- some of these are stunning there's a lot uh, that are they're going to come at you in in stats here so just try to Pay attention to some of the interesting ones. Depression is a common mental disorder characterized by sadness, loss of interest or pleasure, feelings of guilt or low self-worth, disturbed sleep or appetite, feelings of tiredness, and poor concentration. One in ten U.S. adults report depression. People who are most likely to suffer from depression are persons 45 to 64 years of age, women, Blacks, Hispanics, non-Hispanic persons of other races or multiple races, divorced people, the unemployed or individuals unable to work, people without health insurance, and people with less than a high school education. There are approximately 121 million people in the world currently suffering from some type of depression. Americans are responsible for 30 to 36 percent of that total amount. The U.S. states with the most people suffering from depression are Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Tennessee, and West Virginia. States with higher rates of depression also have higher rates of obesity, stroke, heart disease, sleep disorders, lack of education, and less access to medical insurance. Nearly one half of those diagnosed with depression are also diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. Anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the U.S., affecting 40 million adults in the United States age 18 and older. Anxiety disorders cost the U.S. more than $42 billion a year, almost one-third of the country's $148 billion total mental health bill. 
Women are twice as likely to suffer from depression. One in ten women will experience symptoms of depression after giving birth. 80% of depressed people are not being treated for depression. The number of people who are diagnosed with depression increases 20% each year. 11% of the U.S. population has been prescribed antidepressants. That's depressing, right? I mean, it really is. Yeah. So uh, when, you, when you hear the description, uh, you didn't think you were depressed, but now you think you might be, right? Um, there's a lot of that. Uh, yeah, I was stunned by a lot of the, the stats as I did research on this. Uh, it, it's, it's bleak um, in a lot of areas, a lot of uh, parts of our population. No judgment on the South, okay, uh, just because those are the states there uh, that have the highest level. It doesn't mean that we're off the hook. We've got plenty. Um, yeah, men, uh, men yeah, the women might be higher than you, but guess what? You're pretty high, too. Um, they talked about antidepressants. Guess what the, the fastest growing market for antidepressants is? Preschoolers. Preschoolers, yep. Um, yeah, so it's epidemic. I mean, it really is. Epidemic level depression is. Uh, it's stunning, just overwhelming, um, and it's at, at both ends. I was surprised that the, the greatest... Uh, age range at risk is 45 to, to 64. You know, as a 26-year-old, I have a little bit of time before I get there, um, but, you know, it's down the road. Nobody's going with me with that. Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why everybody's giggling. Um, so <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, we as a country, we are, uh, we're really well off. Um, things are going really great for us. Even our economy's recovered, right? Doing, doing well, um, but we're super depressed, and it's getting worse. Twenty percent every year. That was up through 2013. I imagine the trend has continued, and we continue to go into that depressed state. Uh, so, what the heck, man? Uh, we we're endowed by our Creator with the unalienable right uh, to, among other things, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So, what what went awry? Something happened. Uh, in our pursuit of happiness, in our pursuit of happiness, we seem to be not finding happiness. Well, why is that? I mean, is it, is it maybe that King George III was right? We're, look, we're just subjects. We need a king. We need somebody we can bow to, kiss the ring, and everybody will be happy, right? He, somebody who tells us what to do, gives us our portion, uh, provides us with food and general wel- welfare. We'll be better people. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think that's really it. Maybe, maybe it has something to do with our pursuit, Right, the pursuit of happiness, maybe uh, we've exchanged that for pursuit of something else. Uh, and, and it's this, n- this, ongoing, uh, this ongoing chase to the thing that we'll never catch because we just need a little bit more. Uh, and we just keep going after greater possessions, greater wealth, greater whatever, comparing ourselves to everybody else around us. Um, so... Maybe that's it. Jesus had some things to say about possessions. I'm going to touch on different scriptures kind of throughout um, today as I talk. But he talked a lot about storing up your treasure uh, not on this earth where things can get destroyed, things can get stolen, but really store them up in heaven where uh, they are everlasting. Um, Storing up your treasures there and the things that are most important to you are the things that are, are really going to define your heart. Um, so if I'm, in a, if I'm in a state where I am uh, unhappy, dissatisfied, um, depressed, 
you know, then um, my, my heart is a reflection of some struggles that I'm having in my life. And I want to touch on those a little bit. Uh, I also want to say um, I'm not in anything I say going to make light of depression. I, I'm trying to say that it's a serious thing. Um, and it's a, it is a terrible epidemic. Um, and if you, if you are struggling with depression, absolutely get help. You can start by talking to somebody here. Um, talk to somebody and get some help. 80% of people who have depression are not being treated. Um, so those who, um, those who are make up a small percentage. Be part of those who are if, you're, if it's something you struggle with, uh, for sure. Um, so let's dig into this little statement a little bit. Um, endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. That word unalienable, it's kind of hard to say even, but I want to look at what those words mean. Um, I don't want to treat this like scripture, but I do want to dig it into it a little bit and say, does it reflect with what we know about God? And uh, since this is a statement about God and what God's put in us, then it, does it line up? Um, so endowed, it's something that you're equipped with or, or you're um, supplied with. I'd say uh, it's a quality about us. It's somebody uh, giving us something. In this case, it's God, our creator, giving us or creating in us this quality. Unalienable means that it's impossible to give it away. It's not something I can say, I'm going to opt out of this one. I'm going to not have the right to these things. Uh, it's something that you have. It's something that no one can take away from you. It's something that you always have. Um, and a right is just something that it conforms to justice or to a law. In this case, to morality uh, is what the founding fathers were saying. So God made us with the right. God made us with the right to... Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So life, we kind of get that one, right? It's, uh, it's our existence. It's the things around us. It's us, us breathing and experiencing um, the, the wonderful things around us. Uh, liberty, we don't use that word a whole lot anymore. It really just means freedom. I love that Shane shared what he shared about freedom. Um, I think that it's, it is really core to, to God, and it's core to what God has done for us, and we're going to look at that as well. Um, but it's free from being oppressed in any way. Uh, and then happiness. There's a definition here, and it says enjoying, uh, marked by pleasure, satisfaction, or joy. But I don't know. What makes you guys happy? What are some things that, that you think of when I say that? What are the top things that come to your mind? You can talk. It's okay. Family, Family children. Pointing to the wife. Nice one, yes. You choose to be happy. Yeah, yeah, and we're going to talk about that too. Nature, yeah, kind of get happy when you're out in nature. Yeah. Presence of God, that's a really good one. Yeah, there's lots of stuff we can think of. Um, I imagine that if, if I said, hey, what are the things that make you stressed out? You could probably come up with a list of that too, right? Don't do it. Don't go there, okay? Just... Yeah, so she points at him with being stressed out. It's <laughs> very nice, Jordan. Uh, <laughs> way to give back, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, so then uh, God made us with the right to live, uh, be free, and to pursue happiness. But I want to look at one more word that I think we get out of whack a little bit. Um, and I looked back and did a little bit of research on this. Uh, it's that word pursuit. So, um, Pursuit, at the time the Declaration of Independence was written, meant something different. 
had a little different meaning. We think of it as chasing, as pursuing, as going after something. But at the time, it just meant the practice of something. So the pursuit of law was the practice of law. The pursuit of medicine was the practice of medicine. It's just something you did. The pursuit of happiness was the right to be able to be happy. It was, it was simply the right to practice happiness. It was something that you did, not something that you chased. Does that make sense, just as a difference? And if, you, and if you swap that out, what it really says then is that God created you to live free and satisfied. Does anybody believe that? Yes? Please say yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think we do. But I think, dang, it's hard. Right? Like, like Shane was saying, we take, our, we take our freedoms for granted, our freedom to worship God. Um, it's really hard for us to live satisfied. There's all sorts of distractions in our lives, all sorts of things that keep us from being satisfied because, gosh, well, everybody else isn't satisfied. Uh, maybe I shouldn't be either. Um, this freedom and this happiness or satisfaction is something that, that really God cares about a lot. Um, I want to talk first about freedom. Uh, freedom was Jesus' mission really from the very beginning, the very first thing when he launched his his ministry, he opened up a scroll in the temple and he said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and a recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed and to proclaim the year of our Lord's favor. So from the very beginning, freedom from, for the prisoners, right? He's setting people free. That is why he came. That is what he's all about. And he says it starts now. Freedom was core to his mission. Um, mission accomplished. Uh, he, he continued his life, his teaching, and then died, crucified, set us free. Um, as Sarah said, you know, it's something that God did. It's not anything that we do on our works. I'm glad that everybody really spoke to everything that I'm going to say. So it's just, I can just refer back to what everyone else said. Um, but, you know, it's already been done. The work is done. We have been set free. Um, it says in John, if the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. And then in Galatians, it says it was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened by a yoke of slavery. So uh, the warning there is, hey, uh, you're free now. Don't unfree yourself. And that's what we do. Uh, I think that's what we're really good at. We're good at kind of hitching ourselves to another wagon or, or might I say, you know, clamping on the chains again and saying, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lock myself into something else because this whole being free thing is a little bit too loose for me, right? Uh, and, we, and we do the same thing with our hearts, and we say, ah, I'm going to launch into some new thing, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let that grab my heart and make me frustrated when I don't have it, whether it's, a, whether it's a person, whether it's money, it's possessions, it's your sexuality, whether it's your friends, whether it's whatever it is, we lock our hearts into those things and we say, I'm going to go ahead and sign up for slavery again. And, and Jesus says, uh, don't do that. That's not, what, that's not what I'm here for. Um, so what about this whole happy thing? Uh, I, uh, I'm intermixing this with being satisfied because I think that, um, as uh, the young woman here said, I don't know, uh, I don't know your name, I'm sorry, but... Um, you know, we choose. We get to choose um, to be happy or not. So I'm, I'm kind of mixing in this satisfied thing 
But Jesus said, and this is a quote, you can look it up, uh, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. He says, my purpose for you is to give you a rich and satisfying life. He doesn't mean rich like lots of money. He means rich like full of joy and pleasure. That's his purpose. Is he came to give you that. Remember the very beginning we were talking about all men created equal and meant all people, everybody? That means you. It means every one of you. God came for that. Um, we heard from Paul last week you know, that he knows what it's like uh, to live in, in want. He knows what it's like to have plenty and to be content in all things. Um, can we do that, whether we are well-fed or hungry? I don't know that many of us have actually been hungry. I mean, I've been hungry, but I've never been hungry. I mean, really hungry. Um, but can we be satisfied and content in all things, um, not just in our physical things, but also just in our, in our life and our life situations? Ecclesiastes says, I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and do good while they live. And I think those two things are pretty married together. I think doing good makes you happy. I don't think you do good because you're happy. Um, Do more good. Uh, Do more good for other people. Um, But can you just decide to be happy? I think you can. Yeah. I think you can. Um, I think that it's hard. I think that there's a lot um, that gets in the way, and I think sometimes you have to decide on a minute-by-minute basis. You have to decide over and over and over again, and sometimes it's hard to decide by yourself that I'm going to be happy. Sometimes uh, it's, it's easier to, to wallow. Um, I'm a wallower. Is anybody else a wallower? Yeah, we've got some wallowers. Good. Yeah, where I'll, I'll kind of plant myself in my puddle of poop or whatever you want whatever you want to call it you know sorry sorry if that's too graphic for you and then complain because i'm in it and and just get mad at everybody else because i'm in this puddle of poop that i'm perfectly capable of picking myself up out of wash yourself up when you when you get off that thing by the way um but you know uh it's something that that we uh we almost um we almost uh, want it, cherish it, the, the need or the, um, the ability to complain. It brings us satisfaction to be able to complain about something. No. <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, there, for, for me, there are times where I'm just, I just need to complain about something. And um, if I'm unhappy and dissatisfied, then, well, then I'm satisfied because I can complain. There's this weird sort of almost addictive behavior that we get caught in of, of really continuing to almost put ourselves in a position where, um, where uh, we are in a sad state because we decided that we want to stay here. Um, like I said, I don't want to belittle uh, depression at all. A lot of people need to be treated for depression and need to have um, support, all sorts of things. Please get that if you need it. Um, so, uh, but you can begin by deciding, and I'd say begin by deciding that you have the right to be happy. For some of us, that's a stretch to say, I have the right to be happy. God made me this way. 
Um, Not only did he make you this way, um, but he also came and he died for you. He came so that you could have a spirit that would be with you all the time, so that you could be happy, so you could be free all the time. So if God uh, created me to live free and satisfied, why is it so hard? Uh, I think some of it is that uh, our life situations are hard in our view, and we look at things and we say, gosh, this is so difficult, um, and uh, I have so many challenges in my life. So I want to I play a, another little video clip here for you guys. Um, there's a guy named Sam Burns, and he has a, he has, it's a, it's a sad story, so I get a little emotional, but um, he has progeria, and had progeria, he's since, since died, but um, it's a disease that um, you don't grow, uh, so uh, you'll, you'll hear him talk about something in, in weight of something he had to carry, he doesn't explain that it's because he's only like 45 pounds, right, that's it, um, and it, it's, you, you look like a, a, an old old guy, and you're not. Uh, he's, I think, 17 when this video's being shot, 16 maybe. So I'm going to play this for you. I was asked, what is the most important thing that people should know about you? And my answer was simply that I have a very happy life. called progeria. It affects only about 350 kids today worldwide. Even though there are many obstacles in my life, with a lot of them being created by progeria, I had to be brave. And it wasn't always easy. Sometimes I faltered, I had bad days, but I realized that being brave isn't supposed to be easy. And for me, I feel it's the key way to keep moving forward. I'm okay with what I ultimately can't do because there's so much that I can do. I wanted to play snare drum in the Foxborough High School marching band. And it was a dream that I just had to accomplish. But each snare drum and harness weighed about 40 pounds. So logistically, I really couldn't carry a regular sized snare drum. However, nothing was gonna stop me from playing snare drum with the marching band in the halftime show. So, after continuous work, my family and I worked with an engineer and made a snare drum apparatus that weighs only about six pounds. about being in a group like the band is that the music that we make together is true, it's genuine, and it supersedes progeria. So I don't have to worry about that when I'm feeling so good about making music. I'm extremely lucky to have an amazing family who have always supported me throughout my entire life. And I'm also really fortunate to have a really close group of friends at school. Now we're kind of goofy, but we really enjoy each other's company, and we help each other out when we need to, 
we see each other for who we are on the inside. This award is given to students who have a great point average of 90% or more, Sam Burns. I feel like I'm at my highest point when I'm with the people that surround me every day. They provide the real positive influences in my life, as I hope that I can provide positive influence in theirs as well. And as I'm striving to change the world, I will be happy. Pretty good, huh? <laughs> awesome kid man uh 17 years old when he died um it was 14 i saw in his candle there when they, they were filming some of this they did a, a series on him uh life according to sam or something like that um that you can watch online and then uh you can also watch a ted talk that he did um, but i don't know when, when you <laughs> when you look at that you go gosh yeah my life's really hard i, I don't know doesn't seem so hard um, when I look at some of those things. It's pretty inspirational. Um, so his philosophy, if you watch the TED Talk, he talks about these, these four things. He, he peppered them into that, that uh, video as well. But he says, be okay with what you ultimately can't do because there's so much you can do. I'd say do or have. I'd interchange those. Be okay with what you ultimately can't have because you have so much. Uh, be surrounded. Uh, surround yourself with people who you want to be around. Don't be around people you don't want to be around. It seems pretty simple, but gosh, I forget that so much. And I, and, uh, I love being around you guys. Um, and I don't spend enough time around you guys. And um, I know I'd be happier if I did. Right? That's true confessions. Um, keep moving forward. Sometimes we get stuck in that personal pile of poop, and we, and we just don't move forward at all. We just are stuck, and we, want, and we decide to be stuck. Uh, but you can decide to move forward and not be stuck. Um, never miss a party if you can help it. That's just a good life philosophy, right? Um, Jesus certainly, certainly followed that one. Um, a couple more things from Jesus, and we'll, and we'll close here. We get tired. Life is exhausting, and there's a lot of pressure around us. There's pressure to, um, to just be a person, but then there's pressure to be a Christian too and to live a life that's, that's righteous. Um, and what Jesus says is he says, Come to me, all of you who are weary, and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Um, encourage you this morning to come and sit in the presence of Jesus and just find rest. Let him, let him minister, minister to your heart, to your soul, restore your soul, and he'll do it. He'll do it. He really will. Um, if you want to pursue something, you're just one of those people that, I've got to chase something really hard, um, then chase after God. Uh, seek his kingdom first, and everything else gets added after that. I think as you seek his kingdom, you also get your priorities sort of realigned and some of the things that you thought you needed to chase, you don't really care about anymore. Um, you start to care about things that God cares about. When you get in that alignment, uh, life is just better. And then the last thing is, let his presence be enough. Um, so many times we have to add to that um, and, and try to 
do our own thing or do, you know, continue to do works. And I'm not saying don't do works, but, but let his presence be enough, enough for you, that that would be the thing that satisfies your soul. That would be the thing that really brings you deep happiness um, as you live your life. Um, he says, remain in me and I will remain in you. Um, that's a pretty good deal. It's a pretty good deal. So we're going to end. We've just got a few minutes here. Um, but if, if I could have worship guys, guys, gals, folks come up, um, as many of you as going to. And we're going to do um, a little bit of, of quieter worship now. And um, I want to give a few minutes for, for us to sit in the presence of God. Um, and then also, if you w- want someone to pray for you, rather than doing the ministry team and having people come up, I, I'd like you to just ask your neighbor to pray for you. Um, and specifically... Um, if, if you are willing to tell your neighbor, hey, um, sometimes I have a hard time being happy or I have a hard time getting happy or I have a hard time staying happy, um, let people pray for you about that. Um, and, and if not, then um, sit in the presence of God and let him, let him renew and restore your heart.